Good morning, and welcome to our time of daily word and prayer here this Monday morning. We're ready for a great week. I hope you are. I know I am. As we walk in God's blessing, experience his protection upon our lives, and His fill, the filling of his spirit within us. We have been talking in 1 Peter where, where we're, the, the focus here, the goal is how do we live our lives when we go through suffering, particularly when we're suffering for the gospel, when we're suffering because of our faith in Christ. A lot of this can be applied to any trial we face, any difficulty we face, but 1 Peter was written specifically when we bear reproach, criticism, intimidation. In our day, we might call it cancel, being canceled because of our commitment to and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's talking about how to be on the offensive, how to be rise above, how to be better, how do we behave in these times. And he gives us principles here of spiritual victory. And this is what we want. This is what we want. And we want to know how to fight God's fights with God's weapons. Not with the worldly weapons, not the way the world fights, but how do we fight with God's weapons? What are, what, what's the, the power God gives us? So often what God does in our lives or how God fights is so different than how the world does. And God gives us victories in which he gets the glory. This is the key. It's not just in which which it looked like we outsmarted them or we had more power or we had more money or something like this, but in which God shows up and God even acts miraculously on behalf of his people. And this is what we want to see, don't we? We, have a, we, we serve a miracle-working God. He's still the same God who opened the Red Sea. He's still the same God who delivered the children of Israel. He's still the same God who brought down fire upon that altar that Elijah had built when challenging the prophets of Baal. He's still the same God who gave Sarah the ability to conceive long after, uh, after what would be naturally possible. He's still the same God who raised Jesus from the dead and showed up in a mighty way, uh, validating the Christian message with many signs and wonders. He is the same God. He doesn't change. Praise God for that. Amen. And so how do we behave? What do we do during this time? So we've been discussing how we're priests. This weekend we saw how you're a priest of God. If you have come to Jesus Christ, if he is your Savior and your Lord, you've been born again, as we have saw in chapter 1, he's made you and me to be a kingdom of priests. We are living stones in the spiritual house God is building, and we are priests to our God. This is awesome. This is an awesome reality, an awesome privilege, an awesome and exciting um, calling that we have, a position that we have, a, um, an identity that we have. Priest doesn't necessarily have to be someone wearing a robe or, or serving the sacraments or, or any of these things, you know. You and I are priests of God, and so we. yesterday we saw how we offer up spiritual sacrifices to God. We speak to God, and we have the, the, the freedom, the ability, the privilege to come to God, but also we speak to men. And so in verse 9 this morning, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he continues on this theme of us being a priest and us being chosen of God, and he says, you, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood a holy nation, 
a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. We are people called to proclaim the excellence of, of the God who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We talk about this a lot. This is a big theme in my personal understanding of the Christian faith, is that we were on, we were in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, 14, we were in the domain of darkness, and now we are in the kingdom of the beloved Son. We've been transferred. We've been rescued from the domain of darkness. Imagine living in darkness, living in a domain, in a world of of not only imagine if it were physical darkness, but this speaks of a spiritual darkness. You know, we, we uh, today, I, if, if it had not been for this COVID, I would be departing for our annual trip to Israel um, today. And indeed, some of you might want to consider joining us next year because we'll be going, leaving again about the same time next year on our trip to Israel and study the life of Jesus in the Holy Land. And if you are appreciating these, these uh, times of the word prayer, you might consider joining us. It's a, a trip of a lifetime. One of the things we do there, and this is optional because this, this is something that most of the trip is, uh, uh, there are a couple things on the trip that are physically challenging. Not very many, and those are optional. It's just one or two things we do. One of them is we walk through Hezekiah's Tunnel, an amazing archaeological um, an amazing, amazing build. A, a tunnel 600 yards long built underground going from both sides and they they meet in the middle they don't go too high they don't go they it's pretty astonishing how they were able to do that without our modern instruments i get off the subject the point is this when you go down hezekiah's tunnel we turn the light off if you don't have the light off you don't have your phone on it's total darkness and and to walk around in total darkness where do you go how do you go you can't see anything it's it's um it's it's tremendously destabilizing it's tremendously difficult it's it you can't be sure you have no security and this is what we were in we were in that spiritually we were in darkness and we have been transferred to the kingdom of the beloved son where now we walk in the light paul was called in acts chapter 26 if i could find this real quick in acts 26 as he describes his ministry in verse 19 he says this or verse 18 that they were to rescue the people to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the kingdom and from the dominion of Satan to God and that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. So to turn us from darkness to light. I've got a question for you. Do you ever share your faith with a non-believer? When was the last time you did? Can you remember the first time you ever did? I still remember some of the first times I ever shared my faith. It was an exhilarating experience to realize that I am, I don't know if I would have thought of myself, but I'm a priest of God. That's what I was, whether I realized it or not. I was a priest of God explaining the path of life to someone who was in darkness, telling them how they could have eternal life, telling them how they could be reconciled to God. Um, there's nothing like it. 
I was, I, throughout my life, I've had the privilege to do this thousands and thousands and thousands of times. And I don't ever want to get used to it because there's something incredibly powerful about being a channel of God. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. He connects the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit to being his witnesses. And sure enough, as we share our faith, we experience a closeness and a filling and a power of the Holy Spirit in us that is something that most Christians, most of us don't feel at other times. We don't sense at other times. Not that the Spirit leaves us, but it's like he's, he's urging us, he's compelling someone to be saved through our, and we're the channel. And when we sense that, there's something tremendously beautiful and powerful and exhilarating about that. So what do you do here? How do you, how do you share your faith? I'll give you, you know, most of us, we, you know, we, what do we do? Who, we pray here regularly for a spiritual awakening, for light in our land, to come out of the darkness. And there's, boy, we've seen more and more darkness in our land, even just in the last few weeks. And we, we are in need of a spiritual awakening, a spiritual revival, people turning to the light. We pray for our own family, our own neighborhoods, our work, our people in our workplace, people in our school. God will use us. And so if I could just give you a couple tips real quickly before we go to prayer. Number one, how, how do you effectively evangelize? Number one, realize, and this is important, God will make you effective if you're available. In Matthew 4.19, the, there's a very key principle here that Matthew is, and uh, was it Matthew and Andrew, Peter, whoever, they were, Peter and Andrew, excuse me, were fishing. And Jesus called them and, you know, had the miracle, the fish and so on. They came to him and he said, from now on, uh, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice the key encouraging part there is God makes us fishers of men. God makes us effective. It's Jesus in us that gives us, that makes us fruitful. It's abiding in him. It's, it's, it's allowing him to work through us. So often we get all nervous at the idea of sharing our faith. We're afraid we're going to do it wrong. We're afraid we'll make a mistake. We won't know what to say. Uh, we have all these fears that overwhelm us, and consequently we end up, we don't want to do it wrong. We don't want to do it bad, so we don't do it at all. But the good news is Jesus makes us fishers of men. Jesus enables us to catch. Our responsibility is first and foremost to be walking with Jesus. And as he does, as we do, he transforms us. He gives us the things to say. He enables us. He makes us adequate. That's number one. But number two, and this is also something I think takes the pressure off. It helps me to realize that God wants to save people more than I want to see them saved. And that God, by his spirit, is already at work, just like he was in us. You know, God was working in my life. God was working to bring me to circumstances. God was brought people into my life. He brought information into my life. Long before I was saved, long before the Spirit came to live in me, the Spirit was working to bring me to this point of salvation. And it does that the, He does that also with people in your life. We can have confidence that because our God loves people and He's placed us in this world, that those who are in our network of relationships, we can have confidence 
that God is already working in their lives. God is causing them to think certain thoughts. God is causing them to have certain fears. God is causing them to, God is bringing circumstances. He's bringing information. He may be bringing you. You may be the answer to someone's prayer. How many people in our country, in our world, have prayed, you know, about this COVID? They, they're, they're fearful. They're scared. They're anxious. And they pray to God and they ask for help. They, or how many, or any other thing, totally apart from the COVID, where they, they're, they, they haven't, uh, uh, they're concerned about dying, they're concerned about, they're anxious about things, and they pray to God, they ask God for help. You might be the answer to that prayer. You might be the one that God brings into their life to provide answers and solutions. And so we walk in this confidence. The third thing that's also really important is that we have our spiritual antenna up to see when those opportunities arise that we listen carefully if someone expresses a fear or a concern or a worry. It might be about COVID. It might be about another illness. It might be about money. It might be about their kids. It might be about their marriage. It could be about anything. That's, that when people, people have problems in life. Life doesn't always go well for, you know, anybody, but especially not for the unbelievers. And when their circumstances are, are not good and, and we, our friend, we're listening to them, we're involved in conversation, we get to know them, and things come up, uh, we've got we've to hear and be attentive. And at that time, we don't just necessarily give them a lecture on, well, if you were following Christ, this wouldn't be happening. No, what we do is we listen with empathy and concern. We ask questions. We say, I, I always like to say, well, can I pray for you about this? I never have people turn me down. You know, someone talks about a problem, I'm so sorry to hear about that, I say. Can I offer a prayer to God for, on your behalf? And I pray right there with them. I don't do it later. I pray right there with them. It's amazing how often this opens a door. This softens a heart. This causes a person who was maybe, I didn't even think they had a spiritual interest to suddenly there's a tear in their eye to think that, yes, God, God, God is concerned about their problem. And they, and, and it just, again, opens their, their heart to listen to what I have to say then in offering the gospel message. And that's the final point is here. When God opens a door, you got to walk through it. We've got to have the courage and the boldness to broach the subject. Sometimes in our day, it's just like, you know, you don't talk about religion. But you know what? I think there's people dying to talk about religion, dying to talk about God, dying to figure these things out. And, and we expect them to initiate because we don't want to offend them. But they're afraid often because, you know, they live in the same society that says you don't talk about these things. Well, why not? We do need to talk about this. We can talk about God. And when he opens a door and when something comes up, it, it's so simple. Can I say a prayer for you? And I say a prayer from right on the spot. Afterwards, I often say, do you have spiritual interest? Do you feel like you know God in a real personal way? If they say yes, I said, tell me about it. How did that happen? If they've got a, a you know, a, a, not much of a story, I say, can I tell you how I found God in a personal way? I explain my testimony to them. Or maybe I explain a gospel presentation about how we're separated from God by our sins and Christ died and rose again and through his death and resurrection and faith in him, we can have eternal life. Um, 
I share my testimony. I share how, how God became more than just a religion to me, how God became more personal to me. I share, I share verses that made a difference for me, John 3.16. I want to encourage you to have all these things available because we're praying for a spiritual awakening in our country. And it might be you. It might be me that God uses to help spark that. Um, I think he's going to use a lot of people. But let's us be available. And so these are some things as we proclaim his excellencies and we tell the world, we tell others what a great God we serve, what a loving God. Let's, I've, I've spoken long today. I hope this has been helpful. And, um, and I may speak more on it in the coming days. I don't know because this is, it, this is such a difficult thing to know how to open doors. And it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be. It takes some boldness. But God is at work around us. He's making us fishers of men. He's at work. He's opening up people's hearts. He's bringing circumstances into people's lives to humble them and bring them to a place where they sense the need of something more in their lives, a spiritual need. So let's go ahead and pray about that now. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for the awesome, amazing gospel. It's good news. Lord, when we heard it, it was good news to us. We didn't fight it. We didn't reject it. We didn't turn on people who told us. We were glad someone told us the good news. We were glad that someone told us how we could be saved, how we could have, be reconciled to you. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for the gospel. Jesus, I thank you that you initiated. You came to earth. You, you lived that perfect life. And yet without sin, you had no sin whatsoever, but you offered yourself on the cross for us sinners. And you bore our sins in your body on the cross. You suffered in our place. We owed a debt we could not pay. And you paid a debt you did not owe. You, you were in the cross, on the cross with our sin in our place and for our good. And we just want to thank you for this today. Lord, our hearts overflow. We are grateful that we're now out of darkness. Hallelujah. We're out of the domain of darkness. And we're now in the kingdom of God. We can walk in the light. Our eyes have been opened. We're under your dominion. We, 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 our, our king loves us. Our king protects us. Our king leads us in a path of truth and goodness and mercy and joy. Lord, Father, Jesus, we, we are, we're filled with praise from our heart for who you are and what you've done for us. Hallelujah. We bless you. We, with all of our heart, we bless you. And we thank you for this tremendous calling as priests to offer up sacrifices of praise to you and also to declare your excellencies to a lost, dying world. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to see opportunities Help us, Lord, to not miss opportunities. Lord, we believe that you, we believe that as we follow your son Jesus, that you will make us into fishers of men. We believe that. We believe our responsibility is simply to be good disciples, to allow you to fill us, to abide in you, to obey you, to follow your commandments. As we simply do what you tell us, and as you live your life in us, you will make us fishers of men. What a privilege. 
What an opportunity. Thank you. We believe, Father, that you love people more than we do and that your spirit is already at work in people in our neighborhood, in our family, in our workplace, in our gym, in our in places we visit, in our schools, on our kids' athletic teams, wherever we go. We thank you wherever we go. We're light. We're shining. We're bright. People are noticing. We believe that. And you're working in their lives, whether it's fears, anxieties, relational problems they have, health problems, financial problems. We believe, Lord, that you're helping people understand there's a spiritual emptiness need in their life. And, and, and we even believe people are turning to you and praying and that we, Lord, people right here on this live stream right now, we just might be the answer to their prayer. You sending us to them would be the answer to their prayer. Thank you. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We pray you would use us. We pray, Father, that we would be available to you. And then, Father, we pray that you would, when the opportunities arise, you would give us courage and boldness. Help us, Lord, to have good, good statements and confident statements. If we ask a person, may I say a prayer for you? If we ask a person, uh, have you ever, a good question, have you ever thought about God? Do you think much about God? Do you have a relationship with, Lord, whatever questions we would use, I pray you'd help us to have the boldness Lord, we believe you can use our words, even if they're inarticulate, even if they're if we stumble and bumble through our words, you can use our words. How can you use our silence? Lord, can you? Seems like, Lord, you 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 use people. I think of Peter in scripture. So many times he said things that were so wrong, but you used him mightily. You can use our words, Father, but you can't use our silence. And so help us. Lord, even if we stumble and bumble, to open our mouth and allow you to fill us, allow your spirit to give us the words, allow you to make us uh, effective, whether we share our testimony or the gospel, whatever we say, or just a word of kindness and love in the name of Christ. We pray, Father, that the people in our surrounding, in our, in our world, in our network of relationships, Lord, we pray you'd be softening their hearts. Open eyes that they might see, open their ears that they might hear, open their minds that they might understand, and open their heart that they might believe. We're asking, Father, for a spiritual awakening in our country. We really need it. Father, it's alarming to see the things that are happening so quickly, policies that are changing, moral standards that are coming crashing down right before our eyes in no time at all. Lord, uh, moving towards a more away from freedom and more towards government control of our lives. Lord, all these things are so concerning to us. And we believe, Lord, I don't know what would stop it other than just a great revival. I don't know what would stop it other than a movement of God. And this is what we ask for in our greatest prayer. When we think of the COVID and we think of the, the health and we think of the government, we think of all these issues that are disrupting our lives and, and, and um, that are that are difficult, challenging, humbling. Lord, I just think that the deepest, most root solution is our nation by millions and millions of individuals and, and our country as a whole needs to turn to you, honor you, respect you, fear you, 
humble ourselves before you, be reconciled to you through faith in Jesus Christ. We pray for this. We pray for a great awakening in our land, a great turning to Jesus Christ, that, that be a spirit of faith in God, and the secularism and the progressivism and this cultural Marxism and all these things that are, that are attacking faith would be defeated. These ideas would be defeated and faith in our God would prevail. We pray for it. We cry out for it. Use us as models and examples and spokesmen for this. We pray your gospel would go forth mightily in our land and throughout our world. I know people here join us from India and other parts of the world, Lord. Bless, bless uh, their efforts and their fruitfulness as well. So we pray these things. We trust you today. Fill us with your joy, with your love, with your confidence, with your boldness. By the Spirit of God who lives in us, we pray and bless you now in Jesus' name and worship you. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining me today. And I pray that uh, these things will help us, okay? Make sure you join us each day. We'll be back here tomorrow morning at 8.30. We'll continue through our study through the book of 1 Peter and talking about how we as Christians can be triumphant, prevailing, overcomers, no matter what the circumstances are around us personally or the bigger picture in our whole country politically and culturally, etc. Make sure you pass the word around so others can join us. And, uh, and, and as I mentioned there, um, you know, I take this trip to Israel, and I'm, I just thought I'd take a moment to mention, think about that. Uh, I think you would enjoy it. It is a trip of a lifetime. It is a phenomenal time of worship, learning about Christ, walking where he walked, going to the places he went. It makes the Bible come, it doesn't make it come alive because the Bible's already alive. It's the living word of God. But it might help it come from, shall we say, uh, old style color TVs to 4K, high definition, astonishing brilliancy. And that's how we want to see the scripture. So consider it. You can go to my website, tomthepreacher.com. And you click on the Israel icon at the top, tomthepreacher.com, for more information. And while you're there, if you're not subscribed to my email newsletter, make sure you do that as well. God bless you. You have a great day. This is an important day. Who knows what God has in store for you this day? Our days are ordained by God. He ordains our steps. Who knows what he has in store for you this day? So God bless you. Have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m.